This podcast is sponsored by Barclay Estates and Management Bristol. Whether you're a landlord or a tenant, Barclay Estates and Management are committed to providing you with the best possible service. We provide a hassle-free service for landlords and access to properties all over Bristol and the surrounding areas. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robins Reunited. My name is Patch and this is the third now of the Ashton Gate 8 specials. On my left, Peter Aitken. On my right, Julian Marshall. I'm going to start with Peter. Peter, 55 appearances, one goal um, in a defensive midfield role. I've got written, what, defence or midfield. From Penarth, South Wales, signed from Bristol Rovers after City's relegation from the top flight in 1980 by Bob Houghton. Now, there's not many people that we've signed from Bristol Rovers over the years. Um, probably a couple, but how did that come about? And was there any sort of stigma attached to that? Um, well, if I look back with a sense of humour, uh, I would probably say there's a few people who thought, why did you sign him in the first place anyway? Right. Um, and it was, uh, I suppose it's the way of the world. You know, sometimes you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's just the way it, it, it goes in life. And uh, having just come out of the first division, it was, a, it was a difficult time for Bristol City as a football club, you know, financially and uh, what with players going. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it was... Uh, yeah, it's never easy to come into a club at that time. And uh, did I was I at my best? I can't say I was at my best at the time. It was uh, it, it, they were tough times, and uh, you know, and me having come from the Rovers, uh, people express their opinion about me, and uh, you know, it's all part of the game. You just have to take it. You you you've got to get on with it. It gave me another layer of skin, should I say, um, from a positive side. Yeah, yeah, That's fantastic. Your debut was at versus Shrewsbury, a 4-0 defeat. But in the next game, you scored a well-executed chipped goal versus Bolton, which we won 3-1. Do you remember that? Your, I think it was your only goal for Bristol City, but sounds like a cracker. I do I do remember it because I think that day, uh, playing for Bolton was Brian Kidd, right, okay. who used to play for Man United. And, uh, you know, and I... I used to sort of follow Man United, not as my favourite team, but okay. you know, just thought, oh, on the same pitch as Brian Kidd, how good is this? Yeah. And uh, but the goal, actually, I, I did speak about this before to someone. Uh, I remember hitting the shot. Not sure which side of the goal it was going to go in, but I do remember that the defender in front of me it just nicked off the side of his leg. Okay. And so which added top spin, which went over the goalkeeper into the back of the net. Right. Now, if people want to think I chipped it from about twenty yards, then so be it. Well, but the truth is, I didn't chip it. I, I just think that's what we should say, shall we? Yeah, it took a deflection, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah my one and only goal for Bristol City. Fantastic, Julian Marshall, thirty-six appearances, centre back. Um, from Swansea, signed from Hereford under ex-City assistant John Sillett on a free transfer. What do you remember about the move to Bristol City? Um, well, it, it wasn't uh, John Sillett that was in charge of Hereford at that time. Okay. Um, I loved my time under John Sillett. Uh, hard manager, hard but fair. Very sorry that he's, he's passed away. Yeah, that was recent as well, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, but he was, uh, he was he, he prepared you for fitness, so he was a, he was a great manager. But uh, there were a couple of subsequent managers and then another one came and uh, it, it, uh, I don't think I was so popular with him. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I did get a contact from Bristol City um, when they were 
being relegated, if you like, uh, and I was asked to to go down and have a chat, mm-hmm. and uh, and yes, I signed for Bristol City as they had got relegated, if you like. So yeah. I joined the, in the sort of pre-season for the for the uh, second division. Mm-hmm. Um, like Peter, we talked earlier, Peter. The 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 other lads in the eight, apart from Peter and I, they are legends of the club in their appearances, and they would have come down at that time from the top flight to the next um, whereas when I joined it was coming from a lower club right. okay. up to Bristol City Yeah. so in my head my dream was right first they're going to get in the team mm-hmm. and you know what what if they bounce back in year one yeah yeah I'm back to the first division Absolutely. I'm playing against Man U and yeah. all the rest but that was in my uh Head and unfortunately, it didn't work out like that, as we know. Yeah. But uh, up until the incident, the Ashton Gate Eight incident came about, I really loved all my time at Bristol City. I bet and um, loved the area, the people, the whole thing. Mm. So your debut was against Blackburn at Ashton Gate, yeah. a two-nil victory with goals from Garland and Tainton. Played every remaining game that season, bar two a centre-back alongside Clive Whitehead, Merrick, Rogers, Sweeney and Nichols. What do you remember about that debut? <laughs> that was fabulous. It was, uh, uh, the manager, I think, was Bob Houghton at the time. Bob Houghton and, and Roy Hodgson. And I think Jeff Merrick was 50-50 chance whether he was going to play in that game. But I was told if he wasn't ready, I'd, I'd be in. And... Um, and Jeff came up to me and trained on the Friday and said, I'm not up to it, Julian, he said, but go and have a fantastic mm. debut and have a great game. And and it went really well. The Blackburn game was was, was fantastic. So, fantastic. yeah, very happy memories of that, of that particular match. Brilliant. Lovely. I'm going to show you on the screen now. Um, it's a game at Eastville, Bristol City versus Bristol Rovers. Um, obviously, Peter, having played for both teams, this must have been an interesting game for you. But... I've p- it's a nil-nil, but I've picked out three very interesting tackles. Just give us a... So here's the team. Division 2. Um, the team was John Shaw, Jerry Sweeney, Alan Hay, Peter Aitken, David Rogers, Julian Marshall, Trevor Tainton, Tony Fitzpatrick, Kevin Mabbott, Jimmy Mann, Clive Whitehead. But talk us... If, I don't know if... I can't make out who's who, but you might be able to help. Um, there was the first tackle that went in there. We'll go back to that. Watch this one. And Julian Marshall actually gets booked here. So that was a tackle coming in there. I don't think that's you on the floor, Julian. There's you, number six, yeah? So who's number eight? But, but this is you, this is you pushing and shoving that chap there. I don't know who if you know who that is. No, Peter, can you help that's me? That's Gary Emmanuel. I think that's Gary Emmanuel. Right, okay. He's a Swansea lad. Yeah, I'm a Swansea lad. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean the strange thing is when you see something like this after all this time, I am having to readjust my eyes and thinking, yeah, oh, yeah. So, I, so I'm Julian, supposed to be get, in a blue and white shirt. You get booked, yeah? <laughs> yeah. The ref pick, got it all wrong. Did you pick up many bookings? I don't know what you. No, I didn't. Know. I don't know what you got booked for because you know, it's you. All you do is protect your mate, really. Oh, she moves your mate. It's, a, it's an awful tackle. That wasn't from, the incident with Dave Rogers from the Rovers. Oh, it might be because Dave had his ankle broken in that game. I don't know if that was the particular incident. There. So. We'll come, we'll come back to it. It's an, it's a, it's an awful challenge that, that comes in on a City player. So that's you, number six. So if that is Dave Rogers, I, I'm not no, sure. No, I think that's Tony Fitzpatrick on the floor. Yeah. Number eight. 
Yeah. So all you do is get the player off and shove him. Surely you don't get booked for that in not, 1981. Not no. Criminal. Yeah. But um, no, I thought that was quite interesting. <laughs> But those games, were they all like that, City Rovers? Oh, they you, you passed for the course. You played on both sides. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was past, past for the course. I remember in one Rovers game with me and Jerry Sweeney, and there was a 50-50 on a touchline at Eastville, and I, I have to say, there was no quarter given on either side. Right. It was like two cars crashing head There's on. another one, watch this. Yeah, no, cheeky little flick of the heels. Yeah, that's, that's Tony Fitzpatrick having a nibble again, there. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah, the part par for the course was it? <laughs> oh, tackles, yeah. But the pros could ride those tackles. They they could make it look worse than what it was. Right. But they could they knew they were coming, and it was yeah. right at the very last second. And this is what they're very good at: is that they learn to ride a tackle so yeah. easy, yeah. and then they make it look worse, as they do today on television. The referees go, "Oh, it's a penalty." Most yeah. pros watching it will go, "Oh, he's had one there, ref. He's conned you." Brilliant. That's What's... how good they are, the pros. At you know, when it comes to tackles and things like that. What was that like for you, though, playing for City against Rovers at Rovers? It was a very, uh, very nervous day for me. Right. You know, because I, I, you know, Eastville was my home basically. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I, you know, I loved my time there. Yeah. Um, but going back there in that scenario was not one I ever thought would happen. If you know, to be mm. honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it, it was a very strange, strange. Uh, it was a strange occasion in in my footballing life. Having said that, before and after the game, I felt no animosity with with the Rovers players or right. whatever. It was like it's a job, you got to do it, you got to pay your way, and that's it. Mm. But while you're out there, if you're in our sights, then yeah. I know you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have a go at me. Brilliant, you know. And I, there were one or two on the day that I thought, I could remember this, mm. but just take it in your stride. Yeah. It was going to happen. Part and parcel, part yes. of the course, as you say. Julian, your, your memories of uh, of some Bristol Rovers games, was that, how many did you... I think I only played in a couple. Right. I think one of them was, a, was some sort of cup game. Gloucester um, Cup. Was it? Um, yeah, that's like a pre-season or end of season end sometimes. End of season in those days. Yeah. And the other match must have been the one we just looked at, yeah. um, where... Bristol Rovers at the time had just signed a, a top goal scorer. Was it from Stoke City? No, it was what? it was from Bob Lee from Leicester. Uh, or he'd no, gone no, from Leicester to Sunderland. Playing, but there was another guy who was a top scorer. I'm sure it was Stoke City. Oh, Paul, Paul Randall. Paul Randall came back to so that was his, I think that was his debut at home. Uh-huh. And so I had to be on my toes because there was a lot of write-ups about this Paul Randall. Mm. You know, so uh, so no, I was, I was in gear. I loved that game, you know. So who were you sent to back? I had a back? chance to score and I flipping messed up. That <laughs> That's probably on that, that footage um, <laughs> somewhere. But, uh, yeah, it was quite a lot to go through. It was a lot. And Dave Rogers did have a, a break that day, you know, on, on his leg or ankle. You mm. know, and, and I went off. But, uh, yeah, I... Um, yeah, it was... I think that was the only major game I played. But mm. the only other game similar, in a way... Mm-hmm. Um, slightly different angle is that I'm from my I'm from Swansea, so when I was brought up, my dad used to take me to watch the Swans. So I was a Swansea City fan, and we played Swansea City, managed by John Tashak. Yeah, and they were fighting for promotion to the old First Division. And uh, as Peter was saying, he was keyed up the Rovers game. I was so keyed up for that game, um, and I played really well, you know. But I, it was it, it was as if mentally. 
you raise your levels somehow, yeah. which you should have for every game. Yeah, but sometimes so, there's that little extra added yeah. incentive, isn't there? Well, we got a nil-nil there, which doesn't sound exciting. But they were Again, promotion chase. They were point. promotion chasers, weren't they, at the time? Yeah, Swansea. They were. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got that written down. A memorable game for you away at hometown. Uh, club Swansea and again for for Peter going back to Eastfield similar maybe for you going back to, to Swansea even though I don't think you played for Swansea no I played for Swansea schoolboys all the way up through the schoolboy ranks yeah. and um, yeah but then uh, no I didn't play professionally for them uh, but it was a great occasion and uh, I would have been a lot of old friends watching that game as well so Managed to, uh, to get over the line. Yeah, I I never realised he was from Swansea. I just knew he was a Welsh lad. Right. Swansea was never mentioned in all this really? time, and I've learned today <laughs> really? that he came from Swansea. Now, if I'd known that back in the day at Bristol City, <laughs> yeah, we would have been slaughtering each other because Cardiff and Swansea boys do not, you know, they don't see eye to eye. No, I, yeah. I play golf with some lads who are from Swansea, and mm. it's every chance I get to give them a bit of stick, they get it, and they return it as well. So to think that we've been so nice to each other, but if I'd known he was from Swansea, oh, he would have got both balanced. So what are you saying, that now, basically, as rubbish, of today... Rubbish, rubbish. <laughs> Absolute rubbish, Swansea. They, they play rugby down there, I don't think they play right. anything else. Brilliant, no, that, is, that is fantastic. And they got a couple of nice golf courses down there as well. Though, Cardiff has got some lovely shops. So <laughs> people in Swansea, it's only a small town, we all hop on the train, 40 minutes up to Cardiff and we have a good time there. Then we go back to our beautiful little town. Julian, I, I'm starting to get a picture of you now, walking around Cardiff shopping for a dress the way you're going on about things. We had to go out and buy one for, for tonight's dinner. Oh dear. Um, Peter, we have to pull together the rugby though, don't we? Oh, we do. And we did well last week. Yeah, we did. And now we've got England this weekend, next weekend coming up, and that's going to be a tricky one. Well, I think so, England. I think England have got one game in them this year, and I think that's going to be for France. <laughs> All right, right, okay. We got a chance in next. Brilliant. Week, yeah. I love that this has turned into a rugby podcast now, um, but it's a massive deal in Wales, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so, Peter, you played in that in that final game at Newport County, uh, so. Alongside Jerry Sweeney, Trevor Tainton, and Jimmy Mann, what? How was your mindset knowing what was going on at that point in terms of how you set up for that game? No different than any other competitive match. Right. Uh, we went there. You know, there was a lot going on, mm. um, but it was a case of do what you do as pros: mm. go out, put in a performance, play as well as you can, and get a result. Mm. Uh, it was it yeah, it was it was difficult, but there's some things you just have to push aside. Yeah. You know, with all that's going on around you and you think, all right, when the whistle's over, then we'll have to deal with whatever we gotta do. But yeah. while we're on the pitch, it's a bit like it's your sanctuary. Let's go and play football. Yeah. You know, let's enjoy it and then we'll deal with all what we got to when we come off. Absolutely. And Julian, I think you were injured at the time, weren't you? Around that? Yeah, I definitely didn't play in that. You may have got injured, but um I can't remember what that game was against yeah. in the December. So obviously, you know, that comes along, and forty years, forty years later, uh, what's what's it been like for you today? You know, coming back, looking at what the club's achieved, and you'll be looking at some of the highlights of what we've achieved in the last forty years. How is it for you? <laughs> uh, coming back this weekend. Yeah, today. yeah. Well, it's, it's overwhelming to be honest with you. Mm. I, I. Um, I just can't believe everything that's happened today. You know, the, the reception we had 
at the new training facilities uh, was, uh, I was unexpected, if you like. The, mm. the team, the manager, um, uh, chairman, chairman showing yeah. us around. It's, it's been it's been marvelous. You know, it's been a, a really wonderful experience. And and the other thing that makes it for me is is tomorrow, um, for the first time, there'll be family members coming. So my three children. Um, and nephews, and, and that will be fantastic because mm. they they haven't actually you know experienced the the, the real thing if you like, yeah. and the, um, the the praise that we're, we're getting. Mm. Um, I mean, I've shied away from the sort of publicity over the years. I've never really gone around saying to people, "Oh, by the mm. way, I was one the Ashtagate eight But uh, but this has been fantastic. So I think I can um, sort of accept everything and take it on board, and uh, and, and maybe I can uh, you know. Pass, you know, the 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 happenings on, you know, to, yeah. to people now much much easier. Absolutely, very therapeutic. There we are. Yes, yeah, so a good way to good way to say it. And um, and Peter, for you, uh, share that sort of sentiment. Well, when I when I look back now, um, my time here was very short in reference to all the other players. Um, and my feelings really go for them, uh, towards them uh, for what they what they did, what they achieved. And how it finished, it, it wasn't what you want for all those years of service. Mm. But having said that, um, having been here today, I I just think what a fantastic job Bristol City have not sat back and rested on their laurels mm. and think that you know, like we've we've got out of a messy situation. Um, to see what they have here today and how it's going forward. Mm -hmm. um, our time and our event wasn't wasted. No, absolutely not. Um, I want to finish on, I'm going to read out player, the, the, the players' names, the other six, and just think of one word that describes them either as a character or as a footballer, or maybe both. <laughs> okay, right, so um, coming to you, Peter, Trevor Tainton. Trevor Tainton. For me, one of the most underrated players you will ever see. From start to finish, 90 minutes, He's always going to get you eight or nine, at worst, seven out of ten. And as a pro, that is high praise indeed. Terrific player. Beautiful. Julian? Yeah, Trevor, absolutely solid as a rock type player and fantastic to have ahead of me as a centre-half on the right side. And uh, he was an absolute, well, they're all true professionals, mm. but he was a total professional Brilliant. player. Jerry Sweeney? Jerry Sweeney, uh, the, the ultimate in terms of if you want to play it in a dressing room that is going to affect everybody on and off the pitch, Jerry Sweeney fits into that category. Every manager will want a Jerry Sweeney in his team. A leader, whether he's captain or not, mm -hmm. he is always a leader amongst players and they will all respect his opinion. Yes, you'd want him in your team no matter who you are. Brilliant. Jerry, uh Probably one of the fittest guys I ever met. Uh, he could his engine. He could run and run and run. And in training, he was all over the place. Mm. He was a, a, a wonderful spirit in the dressing room. Yifter the shifter. It was his nickname, apparently. Well, from well, the uh, I, the athlete. I don't know about that, but I remember the uh, the submarine noise quite often. You know the dive dive. Oh, yeah. That was uh, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> He was a fantastic bloke in the dressing room. I was probably one of the quieter ones. Right. Jerry was the other extreme. Right. Um, and he played 
you know, you named other centre halves. He played with me, I think, in the one or two game centre half. So he could adapt, you know, and he, he just got on with it. David Rogers. David Rogers, yeah. Cornerstone Dave. Big, solid, no nonsense centre half. In today's football, he might not be the kind of player you want, uh, but Dave had. He had his ability and his strengths and he played to them. Um, and these days, there are a few managers around that go, I'd like a centre-half that's got a little bit of devilment in him. And Dave had that, there's no doubt about that. And a goal-scoring centre-half as well. Julian? Dave Rogers, um, well, played alongside Dave uh, in quite a few games. And Dave was fabulous because he did all the hard work. And I tried to look pretty, you know. He was uh, he was solid as a rock, and we were in defence. His, his heading ability was mm. was superb. So um, yeah, it was a real pleasure playing with him. Okay, Jimmy Mann. Jimmy Mann. Ooh, uh, Jimmy Mann. To think that Bristol City picked him up on a free transfer from Leeds United, and now that tells you how great the Leeds United squad was at the time. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Mann was an absolute gem because I went across to Bristol City when I was at the Rovers. And I'd heard about Jimmy, that they'd got him in and whatever. And I was a Leeds fan. So I went across to watch him play and thought, you got him on a free. <laughs> that is the best free you're ever going to get. Yeah. Unless there's another player that, you know. Yeah, fantastic. Same for you, Julian. Jimmy, uh, very, very fast player. Fabulously fast. And he could hit that ball. And his free yeah. kicks, his dead balls were fantastic. And in open play as well. Jimmy, yeah. Chris Garland. Chris Garland. I was talking to his uh, his son earlier on, yep. saying that I I I knew of Chris when I was at the Rovers and he was at Bristol City and then he went to Chelsea. And sometimes you might think of players when they get to the big time oh big time Charlies or yeah, whatever. Yeah. One of the nicest chaps I ever met in football, one of the funniest lads to be around. And I must admit, when I came to Bristol City um, in that short period I had there, Chris Garland was a delight to get to know. He was not the kind of, what you might think might be a big time Charlie. He mm. wasn't, kept his feet on the ground. Um, well, the fact he I, could see Ashton Gate from his, his home as a kid as yes, well. Yes, yes. You know. And uh, he, he, was, he, was, he was a player that I look back on now and you miss. Mm. And for the, yeah. there are reasons why yes. we've missed Chris. Yeah. Um, but as I said to his son Adam today, your dad would have loved this. Mm, he yeah. would have been full of it. There would have been a spring in his step. The jokes would have been flying around. Right. Uh, just good company. Fantastic. Anything to add to that, Julian? Yeah, Chris, as Peter says, was fabulous in the dressing room. He had a very dry humour. He was very funny. Um, and uh, as a centre-half, he was great. He'd work the channels, and you could actually knock the ball into his feet, and he could hold it up. You know, and that was That was fantastic. So my memories of him... The games I played were, yeah, he was superb centre forward. And in those days, he used to get hacked. You know, he used to get yeah. hacked down a hell of a lot. You know, so he must have had some bruises because he <laughs> he was kicked to pieces. Target you know. enemy number one for the opposition. Yeah. yeah. Um, and finally, Jeff Merrick. Well, I suppose the only title you can say to Jeff Merrick is that he was Mr. Bristol City. Mm. I saw Jeff play. Um, at Ashton Gate for the first time when I was a young pro and uh, he had a terrific game this day he took he, everything that went through Bristol City he picked up and sorted out at the back and, and he, he did it in a very calm and uh, professional manner and I, I must admit 
he was one player that I thought, and I, I, I was ambitious as a player, and I mm. just thought, well, if I can be as good as that, or mm. if not better, then I will achieve something. But yeah, Absolutely. a very fine player in his day. Fantastic, and uh, that is Hellstones you can possibly hear in the background. <laughs> but we're we're almost there. We're almost there, Julian. Jeff, Eric. Um, well, in. I'm a, I'm you know quite a tall chap, you know, six four, six four and a half. Jeff's a lot smaller than me, but I used to look up to him in a sense that mm. he was the man, you know. And uh, I just absolutely love love Jeff Merrick to bits. Um, just inspirational, and. Uh, you know, he was, as, as Peter said, Mr. Bristol City, and I can't mm. think of any other yeah, bigger compliment I can give. Well, I think that's a, thank you so much. That's a, a great place to, to finish this podcast. Um, again, as I said to the, the other four, thank you so much for everything you did for Bristol City as a fan, um, and really hope that you know how much is appreciated, and this weekend will be um, hopefully one you remember for quite some time. Yes, there's been there's well there's been terrific support, yeah. you know, uh, for for what's what went on forty years ago, which is a bit of a bittersweet occasion, if you know what I mean, to sort of celebrate yeah. and get in the sack. And uh, the weather is not helping the situation. <laughs> well, well, you've got to understand, it's like this in Swansea quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, let's just hope let's just hope that we can get the pitch parade uh, done um, and yeah. in between the, the storms, but. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Take care.